Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NBA center Ryan Hollins. Triple pump fakes, leans in, shot blocked by Ryan Hollins. Hollins sent that into the third row. Six rebounds and eight assists. Hollins climbs the stairs. Down the floor. Ryan Hollins, he is the high jumper. That's what I want to see. Give me some gunpowder and throw the hammer down. And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Welcome to another episode of Buecher and Holland, subsidiary of Buecher and Friends, part of the United WeCast Network. I'm Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, you can read me on Bleacher Report, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Rick Buecher. He is Ryan Hollins. You can see him on ESPN. You can see him on TNT. You can follow him on Twitter at the Ryan Hollins, and you can find him on Instagram at Ryan Hollins. All right, so we are recording this post game one victory by the Toronto Raptors. So I want to start here. What would be the biggest overreaction? to what we tra- what we saw in game one. You know what, Rick? I, I felt like it's so tough to react because I don't think I've ever seen a more mellow into a, you know, like a game one of the finals. Like, I just didn't see a sense of urgency. It, didn't, it, it just looked very, very relaxed, very calm. You know, no drama. I, I mean, the, the most drama we see is Drake talking trash to Draymond? <laughs> like that's all we got. Everybody, I mean, everybody went Kawhi Leonard on this man. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because my daughter was watching the game with me, and the first thing she said was, "Why is he talking? He didn't play. What's up with that?" Now she's a, she's a baller, so she she feels like if you're if you're playing. You can talk all you want. If you're a, a rapper on the sideline, what do you call, why are you calling somebody trash? What's your take on that, Ryan? I completely agree. You know, like when you get to the point where you're calling somebody trash, that's a lot. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's one thing to be a fan, and then you kind of attack somebody personally. So when you're calling somebody trash, yeah. and you're talking about something you've never done, it's a problem. And, and keep in mind, there's a little history there. I don't know if you saw, I posted something where Draymond goes, 
have you ever seen Drake play basketball? I'm not worried about a guy who airballs shots or, or, or could make a layup yes. to save his life. Yes. So it, I don't know if he felt some type of way from that, that it, it spurred from there. But just regardless, it's it, 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 it's it's a little it's it's too much. It's too much because now you're actually at my place of work doing this. It's a bad look on multiple levels. First of all, you're playing the champions. You're playing the defensive player of the year. You're playing an all-star. There's no, there's no point, especially when you're not playing, you don't get to rattle the cage. Because whatever you cause as a result of rattling the cage, you don't have to answer to. Your team's going to have to answer for it. Pascal Siakam might have to answer for it. But, but Pascal didn't say anything. So he's got to take up for, for, for something that you started. And, and, and again... I don't know that Draymond's going to take it out on anybody or whatever, but but you've added some fuel to his fire that now you don't have to deal with, somebody else does. And I just find that as bad form. And I also find it, you're in the finals. You're playing against the two-time defending champions. You have no place calling them trash. None. None. That's disrespectful for what they've done. No matter what your feelings are about, your personal feelings are about your interaction with somebody. Well, keep, keep in mind, Rick, he did it with Giannis, a, a potential MVP of the league. Yeah. And yeah. they go on essentially to win four straight. And I was thinking the same thing. How's Giannis going to react? The nice thing about Giannis, Giannis plays hard no matter what. And it's it's so funny. I had to think about this, Rick. Kawhi Leonard is so far opposite of that mm. that you can't even get fueled up to play against Kawhi because he's not going to say anything <laughs> to you. You know what I'm saying? You know what like, it is? Even with Drake talking, yeah. you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, is this how you really feel? Like, there's none of that with Kawhi. There, there's no. none of that. Kawhi's like a black hole. He just sucks the energy out of you. He doesn't, he's not point. firing you up. He's kind of taking I, the energy away, away from you just because there's, there's nothing there. Dude, it, I don't know if you, if you compete in anything and somebody tears you up and they're not saying anything. Yeah. Or yeah. they're just kind of like, worst. this is... That's the worst. This is, yeah, it's, so, it's the absolute worst. worst. It's, like, it's like, this guy's killing me and it doesn't even seem like he cares. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Dude, it's the absolute, absolute worst. That's Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And I, it's the only scenario where I think it fits because if there's someone kind of even kill, you're going, is that how he thinks? Are you speaking for him? What, what, what's up? And then it drives you. I will say this, and I don't think this is an overreaction. A lot of people would, would, would suggest it's an overreaction. I was shocked by what I saw in game one because what I saw, I saw Kawhi Leonard go by Andre Iguodala. I saw Pascal Siakam go by Draymond Green. Not once, but at least twice. Those are their two, arguably their two best defenders. Clay Thompson certainly in the conversation as well. The fact that they won those one-on-one matchups against their best defenders is a scary proposition for the Warriors going forward. And I'll say this, just watching, watching how Danny Green played, Siakam, how they collectively played, the Toronto Raptors have more quality one-on-one defenders than the Golden State Warriors do. And it's been a while since we've been able to say that about any team versus the Warriors. 
But and I don't know ultimately where that takes them in this series, but I I was impressed with what the Raptors have. In spite of all the rest, the Warriors looked like a tired team. They looked like an old team. And now I'm rethinking. I, I thought it was going to be a competitive series. I said the Warriors in six. The Warriors have to find some answers. And I'm not sure where they're going to get them, especially if Andre Iguodala is... If, if, if his, leg, his left, left leg has flared up again and he's not available, they've got some issues. No, you're right. I mean, if Iggy doesn't play, those are issues. But I thought that Golden State, their complete lack of effort, hmm. had came back to bite them. And Draymond really bailed them out against Portland, just yeah. making plays. Because Portland's a, a very average NBA team. They're very, very average. Dame Lillard can shoot from half court. There's no question there. CJ McCollum fill it up past that. They're very, very average. There's nothing special. Steve Kerr tonight plays 11 deep. And, Rick, I want to ask you this because it really concerns me. Hmm. Is this him pulling out his best Greg Popovich impersonation, as you saw they had dinner a couple nights ago, yeah. and just yeah. saying, hey, we're so good, trust the system, play, and we'll turn it on the fourth? Or is this him going, we can't afford for another guy to get hurt. Let's try to limit some minutes and see what we get out of everybody. I'm, I'm kind of torn right now. No, it's the latter, 100%. He's looking at it and saying, I need to find a way to squeeze minutes out of my complimentary players. That's why he started Jordan Bell. It was, I got to find a way to milk some minutes out of him because I can't play, I can't expect to play Kavon Looney 30, 35 minutes. I thought it was a huge mistake to bring DeMarcus Cousins in when he did. You discovered that DeMarcus is not ready to play and... I would have rather given him a couple more days and used that as a little boost in game two, sort of a a you know break break the glass and and get the uh, the fire axe out just to give me a little boost, like I have another card to play. Then to play him in this game, I mean, there was one play where uh, actually there was a couple where you just saw this game's going to be too quick for him. I, I don't see any way in which DeMarcus is going to be able to have an impact. And and if I wondered about that going in, the way he played confirmed it for me. Yeah, I didn't think he was necessarily horrible, but I thought he didn't make an impact. And I think Serge Ibaka beat him down the floor, got a yep. dunk. Then there was another play where... Kyle Lowry went they, right by him. Kyle Lowry went by him, and then there was another play where he was two-on-one at the basket. Pascal gets the ball. He reacts to Pascal. Mm-hmm. Pascal throws it to Serge, and he literally he couldn't turn to mm-hmm. get back in the play, and he mm-hmm. kind of tackles Serge. So I didn't think it was horrible, but plays like that add up. Yep. And there's another strong dynamic. You brought up starting Jordan Bell. Well, you know what the Raptors did? Hats off to their defense. They double-teamed off Jordan Bell. Yep. And Curry didn't pass the ball to Jordan Bell. So, Rick, when I when I see situations like that, I go, dang, that, that does hurt Steph Curry. Dang, that does hurt their ball movement. You know, there's even a, a, a play, too, and I don't know if this sticks out in your mind. Draymond was in with, with Cousins. Draymond gets the ball on the short roll where he's open, 
and he goes to drive to the basket where he normally lobs it up to the big man who's in the dunker. Mm-hmm. Well, Cousins was standing on the elbow rather than in the dunker. Yep. Looney normally gets a lob dunk on that play by being in the right spot. DeMarcus was kind of doing his thing or maybe just being rusty, and it blew up that play. And that's that's a that's a, like a 95% success rate on that play. Yeah. You know, coming from from Draymond to you know whoever it is, he's so good at that read. Well, you, and you could tell that it had been more than a dozen games since Demarcus had played because you watch him on offense, and he was he was feeling his way along. He was trying to figure out where am I supposed to go and when am I supposed to be there. The whole time, he was just tentative on everything. And you know, in the in the regular season, you can get away with that. But in the NBA Finals, that's deadly. And the, and the plays, you know this. Once guys have measured you and they go, oh, I can go by you. Like, I can get a yep. step on you from this place. They, you're done. You're done <laughs> because they're going to they're gonna do it every time. They The confidence in I'm going to get something. And then what happens is if you react, so you're trying to get there early, you get there early, and now they reverse it on you, and you can't get back. Not if you're in in Demarcus's shape right now, and it's not his fault. It's just it's the result of him being out as long as he's been, as he's been. And I I just thought starting Jordan Bell, going to Demarcus as early as they did, was a sign that Steve Kerr is worried and and is worried about riding his horses, his main horses too long and too hard with Kevin Durant out. By the okay. way, I just had, I heard again from someone 1% chance that Kevin Durant plays in this series. And I would think that 1% is if it ends up going 7 games. Wow. Wow. And check this out. In all reality, yeah. DeMarcus Cousins really shouldn't play. If you if you if you ask me what the Warriors A game is right now, Mhm. He doesn't play, or they're very limited minutes. And and Rick, keep in mind, he played eight minutes tonight. Right. You think Kerr has a gumption to set him and have him not play? Because keep in mind, Andrew Bogut was the guy who didn't play tonight. Right. Well, that's what I don't understand. I I really, and again, the way Kerr talked about where Cousins was before the series started, I thought I wasn't sure that we were going to see him. And I certainly didn't think we were going to see him in game one. I'm still trying to figure out why he played DeMarcus in game one. Well, keep in mind, too. He didn't look ready. I mean, he didn't look ready to me. I felt the same way. If if I saw some of those clips from them scrimmaging, and I was like, that's not NBA regular season level basketball, Mm -hmm. and it's sure ain't NBA finals level basketball, the way they were scrimmaging. And I... Like if they're gonna play anybody, you know, Damian Jones maybe is a, someone I throw out there. But you made all these promises to Boogie. He he, God bless him. He fights to get back. Yeah. But if you want to win, is something I'm gonna look at. Now I can't just say he's the reason they lost. No, no. But no, their mentality, dude, it, it didn't help. No, but again, I I'll go back to. I look at all the defenders they had on the floor who offensively had an advantage. Who who 
What matchup were you looking to exploit? Because they have to play, because he was milking minutes, and you had to play Jordan Bell, and you were playing Kavon Looney, uh, and you played Jonas Jarepko a little bit, like Alfonso McKinney, there were times where they had at least two non-scorers on the floor. And meanwhile, Toronto had five threats out there. With Marcus All playing this way and knocking down threes, he's a threat. Danny Green finally found his shot. To me, that was that was maybe the biggest difference. Danny Green being able to defend and then hitting wide open threes. And this is the other thing because you were saying, like it was it was a lack of effort or whatever. This is who the Warriors have been a lot this year, and people simply have not exploited. But their rotations were defensive rotations. I mean, how many times did you see one guy on the weak side and he would react late to the ball? And if he did, there was just one more pass to a corner three and there was nobody near that guy. It, was, it wasn't as if the, the Raptors had to work that hard to take the open threes that they got. And I'm... I, I mean, obviously they can play harder, but I don't know that they have any easy solutions for that. It, it was unacceptable. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was it was unacceptable. There were wide open shots after wide open shot, and I know you you drop a scouting report in these situations. You say he's a non shooter. You know, don't rotate rotate to him. Meet him at the rim. He's going to come to you. You know, he doesn't want to shoot. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to shoot. I we, I just screamed that about guys in a scouting report. Well. Hats off to Nick Nurse because all the role players, whether they were shooters or not, they stood, they stepped into those shots confidently. Yeah. And the Warriors dared them. Yes. And at this point how many, in, in, how, the, in the NBA finals, you're yeah. daring guys yes. to shoot? Yeah. Come on, man. How many, how many guys did you, how many times did you see guys catch the three, hesitate, reset their feet, and then shoot it? I saw Siakam do it. I saw Gasol do it. I think I saw Danny Green do it. Like multiple times where it was, oh, you're daring me? I don't, I don't really want to take this. Oh, you're daring me to shoot it? Oh, you're not going to come out on me? Oh, I have all day to take it? Okay, yep. I will. Yep. It was, and look, that's here's the thing. I mean, they have enough decent passers and they have enough rim runners with Siakam with Ibaka, you can even throw it up for Gasol, that I look at the length of the Raptors. Again, I, I, I'm trying to hold back, but I saw a lot of things. And, and they, didn't, they didn't get anything out of Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Lowry really wasn't a big factor. I mean, I, I, I will say this. If I'm Nick Nurse right now, if I have hopes of winning this series, winning it, not just making it competitive, winning it at some point I'm going to need Kawhi Leonard to close I'm going to need him to I can't expect Pascal Siakam to win me the series I can't a closeout game I can't expect that I'm looking for I'm looking for Kawhi to do that I do agree to that and they never got in a situation where it was a do or die situation uh they played at Toronto's tempo yep which is they relied on their defense Mm -hmm. um I thought they did a little extra offensively. Not a lot, but a little extra. Um, 
I called it that they they're going to have to score in the one twenties to beat Golden State mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. as ugly as it was, Golden State kept coming. They weren't going to go away. They yeah. kept coming, and they wind up scoring one eighteen, Rick. So I, I will say it wasn't a pretty effort. I feel like Toronto has more, but if I if I have to grade a, a effort grade for Golden State, yeah, which is scary, I would grade their effort. 70 to 75 percent i'm not sure where you are c minus i think i think you said too much c minus so you're so you're going 69 millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi. Yeah. Okay, so keep that in mind as we talk up Toronto and I hope it goes seven cause I get paid more money for being out here. <laughs> <laughs> so Keep that in mind. But there's so many errors. If I'm Steve Kerr, I'm throwing the, the, the board at, and I'm breaking TVs. I'm, I'm dropping chairs. I'm, I'm like, Hey, like wake the, yeah. like sometimes ain't no strategy speech. Yeah. Ain't no, Hey, we'll, we'll crack back. We'll run here. We'll, like you just, you give it to your team live. No, I agree. Lost in it was a pretty damn good game by Steph Curry. Steph Curry has been beaten up a lot about how he plays in finals and that that he, he struggles in them. I thought he found a way to create a lot of shots when there weren't a lot of easy shots being created by the Warriors offense in large part because of you said, as you said, the energy and the effort just wasn't there. I thought I thought Steph did a number of things. I don't know what his his final numbers are. I know he was thirty plus, but I felt as if Steph did a lot of things, and I and I and I also appreciated. I don't know what it's going to mean. I appreciated his attitude at the end of of the game, where one, he still played to the end. Two, he was like, okay, you know what? These guys are going to make a series of it. Cool. I'm I'm ready here. I'm I'm here. I'm ready for the challenge. There wasn't any disappointment, whatever it might be. I loved his body language after that game. It was like, okay, game on. Cool. You guys won game one. Let's go. Let's get ready for game two. Well, Rick, I um, I do. I did like that. That stuck out to me. So I worked the post game presser tonight, and I heard numerous times, "How loud was it? Have you seen anything like that before? Mm. Has it ever been like that?" Kyle Lowry, the guy who's been in Toronto for for ages, he's a, the veteran uh, on this on this squad. He said, "I've never seen the arena like this. Never seen the, the environment like this. This is this is crazy." Do you think that rattled the Warriors at all? It may have not looked like it, but I'm there's just some weird things going on in the game. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I well, I can't speak for guys like. Kevon Looney, Alfonso McKinney. I mean, the, the the one thing that you do have is you're asking guys that have never had to play as prominent a role. And not that you're asking them to do big things, but you started Jordan Bell. You're looking for him to give you something. DeMarcus Cousins, 
never played on the stage before. Kevon Looney never counted on as I mean he's a he's kind of a main guy now as a result of everything. They've never had to deliver and and have that poise and so I, I guess I think the crowd could have had an impact on a couple of guys. I don't think it I mean it, honestly some of the things that we saw the turnovers the lackadaisical, you know, Andre passing it to Steph when he's not looking in the backcourt and the ball going out of bounds. They've been doing that all year. And I honestly, I feel it's not, you know, people look at it and just carelessness. It's not, it is, this is teams just mentally fatigued from, from a fifth run and riding the same horses. And the guy that saved them, the people didn't give enough account to or credit is Kevin Durant. You take him, he takes so much weight off of everybody. Yeah, okay, so sometimes things bog down and they don't doesn't play with the same flow and beauty. But he also he gets you some of like he gets you the easiest 30 points you could ever ask for and he and he puts so much pressure on the other team to work that much harder to contain him and he keeps the other team you know, it's it's a little bit like when I, Will Blackman talks about playing against Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Is you're like, oh, you're always you're always on edge. You're always nervous that no matter what you do, you can't stop him. You're just you're hoping to make things hard on him. We well, take that out, and now everybody has to play at a higher level of efficiency, and you hope to get something out of a Looney or a Jarepko or a Bell or a Quinn Cook. And and when you don't, and Iguodala's hobbled, it suddenly looks a lot different. Who's the effort reflect on most? If I just in mind that pops out, mm. I think Draymond. And I don't know if his confidence was shot a little bit by being scored on yeah. by Pascal. Yeah. First, it's kind of like, I don't think he's that good. It's like, dang, he scored on me. Dang, he scored on me. Like, But... He pops to mind immediately, and then I thought it was a stupid game plan the way they played Kawhi. I mm. thought that that game plan when you spot, it's called spotting. When you send a guy over to kind of sit in the lane yeah. against a, a defender. Yeah. Excuse me. It's like a shadow a defender. defender. It's a shadow yeah. second defender. It's a very lazy defense, and yeah. you take away from your aggression. And when you spot the guy on the basketball, is supposed to be very aggressive because he knows he has someone behind him. Right. And I thought they just kind of stood there like it was a damn zone. Yeah, they didn't and press up. I don't – I thought that took away from what they were, if that made sense, Rick. Well, the other part is that they 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 did shadow him, but Kawhi really wasn't getting anything done. So it slowed him down. But and and a lot and this has to do with with the the rotations were then slow off of that so they weren't really pressing up on him but they also weren't rotating back when the ball swung so all that happened was you had a guy out of position and and then not recovering fully on the other side and and you had all these looks but again I just look at like Pascal Siakam. I'll ask you this because I'm really curious on your take. And he, to me, was the most intriguing player. He he was the guy that I had the biggest question about coming in to the finals. Like, could he be that? Because I wasn't always impressed with his 
his basketball acumen and the way he played against the Bucks. I didn't think he always played very smart. But he got 30, 32, he had 30 plus tonight. Is Was this a Pascal Siakam game and now you got to look for somebody else? Or do you think he can replicate this in some fashion? Maybe not every game, but give you at least one more game like this in this series? I believe he can do it again and maybe again and again. Hmm. Uh, I say that because playoff basketball is always about matchups. Yep. And against Milwaukee, he was going pound for pound with Lopez, pound for pound with Giannis. And at times, he made plays that even Kawhi Leonard could make. And those two are, I, I, w- I would, I would, I'm pretty sure they're the best shot blockers in the league as a co- as a front court combined. Yeah, uh, I'd be very surprised. Maybe uh, Drummond and Griffin might be maybe somewhere around there, but I would assume those two are the best shot blocking duos uh, in the entire NBA. Mm-hmm. And you look at this Golden State squad; he's having a field day at the rim. He yeah. he can't believe how easy yeah. Yeah. it is. And keep in mind, Rick, there are moments he was going straight through Giannis's chest and scoring. And that's unheard of. And I don't think those moves that he made were really credited. And now when you go at Draymond Green, who's kind of just the hard worker, the underachieving guy, or mm-hmm. the you know the, the, the little guy, uh, that's a whole lot easier. And, and I, I, I thought that was really glanced over. Yeah. Draymond is, bigger, is better against bigger guys, a steady diet of bigger guys. Because he can kind of exploit them at the other end. He's strong enough to kind of hold them and clever enough to to make them uncomfortable, not to let them really feel him and be able to kind of throw them off and, and, and poke at the ball and not let them get into their moves real easy. But but a guy like Siakam, I, I don't I that's a problem. And I and you said, you know, that that you looked at Draymond when it came to, you know, where the energy absence was. I also feel as if seeing Draymond scored on the way he was is a drain to everybody else (laughs) because you're like, oh, that's our best guy. (laughs) You punch punch the bully and it's almost like you go to jail. Your first day in jail, you find the biggest, baddest guy and go punch him in the face. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then everybody's like, oh, okay, yeah. No, it, that so that that to me was was alarming, and I and and I, man, I mean, the question was the question I had coming in was, okay, so they really they they milked the ISOs with Kawhi, and we knew that he was coming in, and he wasn't going to be a hundred percent. Can can he can they do that same thing against the Warriors and live off of that? And the answer was no. But what was shocking is they didn't have to because they were getting enough from every place else. Danny Green chipping in. Fred Van Vliet chipping in. Pascal Siakam going off. Marcus Saul getting comfortable. They just, that's the thing. Now, the, 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 the lion that the Warriors have to cage in game two is the comfort level that the Raptors, multiple Raptors felt in game one, you're going to have to shake their confidence because you had a lot of guys stepping into shots or getting to their spots and feeling like, oh, I can do, I like, 
I can do this. They're going to come there. I, I see no reason why they wouldn't be just as aggressive. The, 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 the surprising thing for me is that I thought that they were going to try to play at a slower pace. And there was a little clip of Nick Nurse talking to the team beforehand saying, hey, you got to keep running it right down their throat because they're going to try to do the same thing to you. And I think ultimately it was the smart play because it did make the Warriors look old and tired. But I figured that the Raptors would come out and try to utilize the same sort of approach that they had against the Bucks, which was play a little bit slower, a little more methodical, and don't make it an up-and-down game. Yeah, and uh, you're absolutely right. But you, but you know what, though? What really disappoints me, I'm going to my, my disappointing list, which, yeah. which is what actually gives me faith in Golden State the next game. The Raptors are a team that struggles to score. Hmm. Absolutely struggles to score. And it wasn't just the dare shots. They got beaten transition. And it was a couple yes. plays where, like, they just threw it ahead and scored. Yep. How do you allow transition against a team that struggles to score? Because that team needs easy buckets. And... They weren't getting back, and Pascal Siakam was having a field day in transition. It's funny. It's funny. I want to add this in, too, about Pascal, Rick. Rico Hines, he worked out with Rico, and Rico's a guru. He worked out with Pascal, Looney, uh, KD. I know we talked about that. And the one thing he, when he, the first thing in his mind about Pascal is he was like, yo, he is so damn fast. Mm. He's one of the fastest dudes he's ever seen. And I watched Pascal and I'm like, yo, like he is, like he's ridiculously fast and his motor, his motor is insane, dude. Mm. He cut, hey, dude, he covers ground at an insane rate. And even in this, in the last series, there are a couple times he was in the paint. And he closed out a darn near block three point shots. Like he's he's if if I don't know if they have the trackers, he's got to be one of the like the the most run or or covering the most space or his speed, you know, for for anybody right now in the playoffs, Rick. Yeah, the uh, the Raptors shot almost forty percent from three point range, thirteen for thirty three, which which basically played the Warriors even. 12 for 31, the Warriors were. Do you think that the Raptors can, do you think this was an outlier? Because I thought it's another question that I had is whether the Raptors could match them from three point range. They did in this game. Can they do that consistently through the series? <laughs> and I say that thinking about all the wide open threes that the Warriors let them, let them have. No, I, I, don't, I don't believe so. Uh, the effort wasn't there. The respect or raise, uh, it was almost like a trap game. Yeah. And you know, Rick, you've seen this from Golden State. This is a, a really a norm for them. And in that, in Game One, they just play. They play like almost like a regular season game plan, where they play you in coverage. They don't switch every screen. Yeah. They kind of they kind of chill back, and it's really disrespectful. Like, hey, can we beat you with our with our with our, our, yeah, with our vanilla, plan. with our base, with our base our plan. Base, yes, yes. They gave you the vanilla. Yeah. They gave you the vanilla, bro. No, I get that. Uh, that All that said, I thought it might be different because that happens to them when they're at home. They're way too relaxed. They're way to like our crowd and our fourth quarter ability and our, our explosive offense. We, 
we can kind of just mess around for two, three quarters. Maybe we'll come out and we'll, we'll blast you at the beginning of the third quarter. But we don't really have to get out, get after it early. But this was on the road. And I, that's why I expected that they, and it was without KD, it was without them at full strength. It's why I expected and hoped that I'd see a more committed effort from the Warriors in game one. And this is the question that I have. You know, I'm, I, I said Warriors in six. At the beginning of the year, and I think you remember this, I kept saying the champion's going to be whoever comes out of the Eastern Conference because it's just going to be a matter of attrition. And that's the thing that with, with, with the Warriors that I just wonder. I just I keep wondering how much gas is left in the tank. And would you say, could you say that the Raptors are the best team that they will face in these playoffs? Is this the best team when you look at who they have to go through? Is this going to be the toughest uh, opponent that they face? Man, you, you know what? Honestly, I thought the toughest opponent that they would have faced was the Rockets. Hmm. And the Rockets really got breezed through. Yep. Uh, I think the big note with the Rockets is that Chris Paul is not the same. No. And he had an exceptional year last year, and he shot the deep three uh, very well off the bounce. He scored. He beat a lot of his one-on-one matchups. Yeah. And you just did not see it, and Harden didn't have help. And apparently they're arguing over ball movement, mm-hmm. and it's like, who am I going to pass the ball to? What, 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 like, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I may be on board with saying that the, the Raptors have – gotten so much better in the postseason and a lot of teams sometimes that whoever can evolve whoever can develop and you're seeing chemistry with Kawhi Leonard you're seeing him actually play in back-to-back games uh they're one of the teams that I really favored uh behind Boston Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought Boston would be there for chemistry purposes but Mm -hmm. they're kind of just figuring it out as they go but I'm not mad at saying that they're gonna they're giving the best effort yeah. Uh, it, it, I'll, I'll essentially throw this to you outside of the Clippers. The Clippers played them the best so far. <laughs> I would say this too. I feel as if now looking at how this game one went, the Bucks did a better job of preparing the Raptors to face the Warriors than the Blazers did to prepare the Warriors to face the Raptors. So agreed. So agreed. And, and Rick, that's such an under... Under uh, valued notice statement, undervalued statement, dude. So it so is because you come out and you're like, dude, I just went to war with somebody. I had to make adjustment after adjustment. Like we had to prepare. There was there was so much that had to go into the game plan or like, hey, man, like we we really had to work to beat this team. And I felt like the Clippers gave that to the Warriors in round one. And then they 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 breezed through the Rockets. They gave it to the Rockets, and then after they gave it to the Rockets, they knew they were so much better than Portland. Portland, man, they prepared them for nothing, bro. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting. Certainly, we get we get a game two on Sunday. Man, that's huge now. Huge, huge game two. Um, I'm just glad. I hope that we were going to have a competitive, compelling series. Certainly, game one sets us up for that. It'll be interesting to see the adjustments. And 
particularly where the Warriors go from here in Game 2. So, uh, don't forget, we are having a drawing. We're giving away prizes. uh, But to get involved in that, you have to rate the show. So, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes or wherever, just rate the show and screenshot uh, the the rating and then send it to at Buker Friends and you will be eligible to win uh, prizes. Uh, So, in the next podcast, I'll be joined by Will Blackman and... We will be certainly breaking down game two in the same fashion. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.